I tell you what, though. Dwayne, Brian, and Robert, they've been here in our church for a while. They've, they've all been saved here. God's been just just doing a transformation in their, in their lives, amen? And these all men that stood up when... When Pastor asked while well, we're at conference and, and he said, you know what, Who's, who has a burden in your heart to just preach and preach the gospel and pastor one day, but you just have a burden to preach the gospel. And they stood up and said, you know what, send me, I'll go, amen. So we're going to open up tonight. Just open up your hearts. God's going to use every last one of them to speak to us, amen. We're going to ask Dwayne to come on up here and open us up and kick us started. Amen. Got anybody out there to love God? Amen. Amen. Turning your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Say amen when you get there. Amen. Amen. Have anybody ever had their favorite favorite team go to the championship? Amen. Amen. That's an awesome feeling, ain't it? Amen. But what if you knew the score to that to the end of that game before it started? What if you knew the outcome to that game before it started? And you knew that even though he fumbled that ball right there, y'all still got a victory coming. What if you knew, even though Romo threw those three touchdowns, I mean interceptions, they still got that win coming. Ain't nothing like that. Ain't nothing like it. And I'm here to tell y'all tonight that we have victory, amen? We have victory, amen? And I'm going to read it to you in these scriptures, amen? Let's start out in... Uh, Verse 51 says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And let's go on down to verse 57 where it says, But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen? That means no matter what we do, if we give our life to Jesus, we have the victory. That don't mean that the devil is not going to try to try to take that victory away from us. That don't mean that he's not going to try to come against us in every situation but we have to realize that the victory is won and so I go to work and and I see different things I see the way other people handle situations and it's like man why why even raise your blood pressure up why even let that stress you out when you know when you say you're a believer when you know you're a believer you don't have to worry about those things just come to work and do the do the work that you're supposed to do because you have victory already all these people are trying to do is they don't have victory so they searching for something they want to bring you to where they are but when you have Jesus we 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 looking up here you know we not we not above anybody but our eyes are above people. Amen? Our eyes are looking above all of them, looking up to Jesus. And when our eyes are looking up here, people are down here. You can't see what's down here when you're looking up here. So you don't have to worry about those things. Amen? Amen. And so if you're, um, you know, you just don't have to worry about the stress. You don't have to worry about the, the worry. Because just like it says in verse 57, we have the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in verse 58, it talks about being steadfast. I don't know if any of y'all know what that meant, but 
you know, I seen it. I seen it a lot in the Bible, so I decided to look it up today. And you know, I knew what it was, but I didn't know how to explain it. But now it's 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 fixed in a direction, which means if I'm going this way, I'm not worrying about going back this way. Which means when I gave my life to Jesus Christ two years ago, I'm not worried about going back to the world. I'm not worried about the things of the world. Amen. We have to realize that that we have something going this way. And if whoever's on your side, if they really on your side, they're going to want to walk with you. And if they're trying to get you to go back this way, you got to say, hey, I can't go that way. I'm sorry, I love you, but I can't go back that way. Amen? And it also says that it's unwavering. It's firmly established and consistent. And what consistent means to me is I need to come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night. I have to be here because I know I'm not strong enough to, to, to go out into the world and just be like the world and, and continue to love Jesus like I know I can. So therefore, if I'm staying in, in the church house, I only have three days, two or three days where I have to go and, and fight. Because when I'm in here, I'm not worried about sinning. I'm not worried about doing those things. But when you're just sitting at home like, man, what to do? Let's flip the channel. Oh, that's nasty. Nope. You know, just all type of stuff. And, 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 and the TV is, is, is terrible. You know, but when you realize who you have in Jesus, you can do a, you can do a lot of things. You can, you can look other things off. Like, for instance, when I was, I've been married two years. And I think I had a job maybe six months out of those two years. People in the world will look at me and say, you're a bum. You're no good. You're living off your wife. You're doing these things. Not knowing what God was really doing to me. I thought these things. Because I was like, God, I'm doing what you asked me to do. I'm coming. I'm, I'm serving. I'm, I'm doing all these things. But you're not, I'm not getting the job that I want. I'm getting passed over for jobs that I know I should have. And it's like, man, what am I doing? Not knowing that God was establishing me to be a father at home. Not knowing that God was establishing me to know my kids, not to just say, well, I'm providing for my kids, so I'm, do I'm doing a daddy duty. But instead, I get to know my kids. I know what my kids want to be when they grow up now. I didn't know that before I knew Jesus. I wasn't worried about my kids before I knew Jesus. I was worried about doing my own thing, drinking every night, doing whatever I had to do to make money, but I wasn't worried about them. But now, besides God and besides church, they are the first things on my mind. They are the things that I, I, I want to do. I want to get to know them. I want to make sure that they on the right path. And that's what God showed me through that, through that time of not having a job. But if I was in the world, I'd be like, man, I don't even know what to do. Maybe I need to go rob somebody, get some money. Maybe I need to go do whatever I got to do, but God showed me that I can be more through him. Amen? And that other word in there is immovable. I don't know if y'all know what that means, but it was, it's an awesome word when I looked it up. It's inca incapable of being moved. It's incapable of being influenced by feelings, which means I started a night job, and I work nights, and, and nights working nights, it, it messes you up. And somebody told me before I even started working nights, they was like, hey, which service are you going to miss? Excuse me? I'm not missing no services. I may, I may come in here tired. I may come in here ready to, you know, have to pray even more because I'm, I'm irritable, you know, because when you don't get sleep, you, you, you're like, man, I don't even know what to do. You know, people getting on my nerves right now. But, but I, I come in here and I'm like, man, I know that I need Jesus. So that I, can't, I can't miss that because of a gift that he gave me. God gave me that gift not to put it to the side, not to put him to the side. He gave me that gift so that I can go to work and tell other people about him. Amen? And so the three keys to victory I want to talk about tonight is you have to get in the game. I mean, you can't win a game if you're not in the game. You got to play like you've won already. Not playing like the game is over, 
but playing like you already know at the end of the game, you're going to win. It's a big difference because a lot of people, a lot of Christians are playing like they already won. So they sitting at home like game already over. I won. But no, we have to play this game out to the end. And the victory is at the end. Amen. And the third one is we have to tell other people. We can't keep this victory to ourselves. It's too great to keep it to ourselves. I'm pretty sure Michael Jordan didn't say, oh, I hit that game with a shot. I ain't going to tell nobody. I'm pretty sure he told everybody. Like, man, you see how I hit that shot, son? I hit that thing. You know, he, just all type of stuff. You know, whatever it may be, whatever your victory is, that's what we have to do. We have to tell people about what Jesus did for us. Amen? Let's turn to Romans 10. And this is how you get in the game. Amen. Say amen when you get there. That if you confess with your mouth, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confess, confessions is made unto salvation. For the scriptures say, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no dis distinction between Jews and Greeks. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all who call upon him. For whoever calls on him on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And that's how we get into the game. Coach, put me in the game. That's how we get in. We call on, the, on Jesus. No matter what we may be going through, we still got time. If you're not dead, you still got time to get in the game. Amen? We have to get in the game. Otherwise, there is no victory. There is no victory if we don't get in the game. And so we got to confess with our mouth. The second thing we must do is we got to play like we are... Like we're getting a victory at the end. Amen. And I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 11 through 14. Starting in verse 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trust in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase of possession to the praise of his glory. And I don't know if y'all seen that, but it says in verse 14, who is the guarantee? I don't know if y'all know what guarantee means, but that means that's a for sure thing. For sure. <laughs> Amen. I mean, no matter what, what happens, it's a done deal. Amen? We don't have to worry about the end because the end is guaranteed if we stay with him. Amen? Amen. And we have to take God at his word. Amen? We have to take God at his word. In John 16, 33, it says, In me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have troubles. But be of good cheer. I have overcame the world. Which means the world's going to throw stuff at you. Which means you just may lose your job. Which means you just may lose your mom. Which means you just may lose your dad. Whatever it may be, those are tribulations. But we have to be of good cheer. I know you like that's easier said than done, which it is. But we have to take God at his word. Because God said that at the end, 
we get the victory, amen? And if we get the victory, why would we be sad? Why would we be pouting? Paid man and the only one who does that. You know? And, and I was watching the game. I was watching the game, the Cowboy versus the Seattle game. I DVR'd it. And it was, it was, and I went back and I watched it, but I had to work that night, so I couldn't watch it till the next morning. So I couldn't wait, so I looked on ESPN. I was like, man, they won. Yes, you know, and they got the victory. But then when I went back and watched it, I was like, what's going on? You know, I was like, when is the victory going to come? It's 10-0. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. But, I had, but my wife was like, babe, you do know they won. I was like, you're right, you're right. Let's see what else happened. Tony Romo get hit, bam. I was like, oh, no, season over. But I was like, they won. Tony Romo threw touchdown to somebody else later on in the game. I read that. So he must be fixing to get back up. Amen? But we have to realize that when we know the outcome, we don't have to stress about those things. We don't have to worry about those things because of what God said. Amen? Let's take him at his word. And the last thing we have to tell others in Luke 8. And this is the last thing we got. We have to tell others. Verse 38. It says, The man from whom the demons have departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your own house and tell the great things that God has done for you. And he went away and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. And I was reading that and, you know, Jesus told him to go to his house. But I think this man, he couldn't hold it in in just his house. He went to the city and told people. He went all over the place telling people. It wasn't just enough for his family to know. He had to tell everybody like, hey, I used to have demons, now I don't. I'm free, amen? We have to realize that we're free, that we are free in Jesus Christ, amen? Amen. And so the three things we must do is we must get in the game, we must act like we know we got the victory, and we must tell somebody, amen? Amen. 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 How many of y'all believe circumstances don't change the word of God? Amen. Circumstances don't change a thing because they come and go. Roller coasters come and go. Amen. But we know we got the victory. You know, when Jesus Christ died, he died for us. And he did that 2,000 years ago. People still getting saved today. Amen. Ain't that amazing? Amen. So guess what? We're going to have Brian come up here. I know Brian's excited to come up here and preach the fire, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> come on. Light it up. Amen. First, I want to thank Pastor for giving me this opportunity. Someone's to tell me some years ago that a former stereotypical college athlete, partying frat boy, would be changed by Jesus Christ. I don't think I'd believe that, but. By the grace of God, I'm here today. All right, for those of you taking notes, the title of my message is going to be Seek and Obey, Taking on the Form, Nature, and Character of Christ. I know it's kind of long, so bear with me. Seek and Obey, Taking on the Form, Nature, and Character of Christ. So the biblical word for obey comes from the Greek word hupaku. If anybody knows Greek and knows how to pronounce that, feel free to shout it out. And it means to conform to a command or authority. The dictionary says conform means to make similar in form, nature, or character. Let us pray. 
Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for bringing us all here tonight, Lord God. I pray that you will speak through me. I pray that you will convict and touch all the hearts in this place. I pray that we will leave here stronger in our faith than when we got here. In your mighty name I pray, amen. Church, many people today, they view the gospel as a 2,000-year-old story about good habits, morals, and values. A lot of people look at the gospel today as a philosophy book about the correct way to live. But how many times... Do we truly sit down and think about the sacrifice that Jesus made for us? For those of you at this church, it shouldn't have been that long ago because we talked about it this morning. But otherwise, how often do we really think about the sacrifice? Like as a kid, I, as I grew up, I, always, I was raised in church. I heard, you were born a sinner. You were born into sin. You were born a sinner. And as a kid, I never really understood that. Yeah, I never liked to do my chores and I got spanked a lot, but did that make me a sinner? I could never really grasp that. How, how could I be a sinner? Well, church, we've been cursed with the sin nature since Adam and Eve fell in the garden. And we needed a savior. Jesus Christ came on this earth, lived a perfect life, and died in the place for our sins. And I'll even give us a, a little courtroom scenario. Many people have heard it, and I'll just say another one. Let's say, for example, you can put yourself in my shoes. Let's say I was in a courtroom. The judge was going to sentence me to death if I couldn't pay a fine didn't have the money to pay it. So as right as the judge is about to sentence me, a just man runs in the courtroom, a just man, a holy man, a man who's lived a perfect life. He said, your honor, wait, wait. I'll, I'll pay the price for him. I'll receive the death penalty. And the just man, the just man turns to me and says, all I ask you to do is honor my sacrifice. Honor my sacrifice, carry on my legacy, and conform to my ways. If we go back to Deuteronomy, Moses told the Israelites before they were to cross into the promised land, if they seek the Lord, they will find him. So if you have your Bibles, let's open up to Deuteronomy 4. Say amen when you get there. All right, Deuteronomy 4, verse 29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, when you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not forsake you nor destroy you. So church, you see that it says we must seek him with all our heart, all our soul, and if we seek him, we will find him. It doesn't say we have to seek him when we feel like it, seek him when we've had a good day, seek him whenever things have been going our way. It says seek him with all your heart, and all your soul. So that's what we have to do. Not because I'm saying we have to do it, because that's what the word of God says. Let's open up to Genesis chapter 1. Say amen when you get there. Going back to the basics in the Old Testament. All right, I hope everybody's there. I'm crunched for time. All right, Genesis verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Many of us have heard that verse before, but how many times have we really thought about it? God created man in his image. He didn't create angels. He didn't create animals. He thought about us enough to create Man and woman in his image. We're the only ones. The only ones. And that same God that did that is alive today, and he wants us to seek him. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So I'm going to give you a little story about seeking the Lord, since the Lord is alive today. I'd like to, uh, before I even begin, shout out, Colin, if you can raise your hand. He's one of the kids. He has a great family who I work with. Sam's in the back. They're part of this story. Sam, raise your hand. Higher. Thank you. All right. So about a year ago, about a year ago, I started my own business. It's called Basketball Means More. I do private training. I coach teams. And I had a tryout. None of them were at this tryout, so I'm not talking about them. So I had a tryout, and uh, I was really excited. I had eight kids. They were super talented, and I was really looking forward to the season. I was so excited. I paid for jerseys, paid for tournaments, paid for everything in advance. So I get to the first practice, and we have three players. 
And those of you guys who know basketball, you can't play basketball with three people. It's five on five, and you have to have some subs. And we only had three. So I said, God, what am I going to do? I have to pay another $600 coming up for a tournament. And I was expecting the eight parents on the team to help cover the cost, and I only had three. So I just prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. I said, Lord, provide. You said, if we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, I'm seeking you. You said, all these things shall be added unto me. So I'm just seeking your word. And as the phone began to ring, I had some calls. So that was great. So the next practice, I have new people at practice. I think Sam was at that practice. But I couldn't ask the new parents the first day, hey, can you pay for these fees that they didn't even know about? So I just prayed and I prayed. And then that same year back in April, I got in a car accident. And it wasn't my fault. And I was kind of lazy about filing the claims and everything. But I got the money. And the insurance sent me a check for $1,300 to get my car fixed. And um, I went to Toyota. I said, hey, there's the check. Can I get it fixed today? They said, no, just wait. You're going to have to do it tomorrow. So I said, fine. So I deposited the check. And later that day, my team had practice. So I'm driving down 121 Business in Louisville, right by the Long John Silver. So I'm in the middle lane. I'm usually never in the middle lane. So as we're at the light, I notice a guy trying to get my attention. And I look, I'm like, no, I don't know you. So I'm, I'm still looking ahead. And then the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to me and said, wind your window down. So I wind my window down. And he said, your car, your car, your car. I can fix it. $250. I can fix it. I can fix it. And in my head, I'm thinking, they just gave me a check for $1,300. i am not about to pay you $250. I don't know what you're going to do with my car. You might take it. So as I started listening to the Holy Spirit, now the light is red. I mean, the light is green. So I had to make a decision. Holy Spirit told me, pull in ahead and turn in the parking lot. So I did. And I got the guy's information. He said, yeah, I travel around different places. I fix cars. I can do that, $250. He gave me his card. We met up. So the next day, he fixed my car for $250. Mind you, I got the check for $1,300. And before we even get to that, to where there's no denying that it is God, on the back of his van, I'll never forget this for the rest of my life, it said, I love Jesus daily. I love Jesus daily. I love Jesus daily. And that's not even the craziest part of the story. So I had a friend at the time. He said, well, my girlfriend's car, the hood of her car needs to get worked on. Can you tell the guy? So I said, of course. I gave him a card. He said, Brian, I called him. I couldn't get a hold of him. What's, what's going on? I said, let me take care of it. So I call him the next day. He doesn't pick up. Call him the next day. He doesn't pick up. Not only does he not pick up, it doesn't even ring. Call the next week. It doesn't ring. Till this day, it's never rang. So you know that's from God. Our God is alive. And all he's asking for us to do is seek and obey him. Seek and obey. I sought him out in prayer. I fasted, and he provided, just as his word says. Another thing, a lot of times I talk to a lot of people, and they tell me, well, Brian, drinking's not a sin. And I said, well, you're right. It's not a sin to drink. It's a sin to get drunk. And they say, see, well, I'm not getting drunk. And I always think, like, you have an amazing talent. If you can control the point of what God sees as drunk, like God might, I think Texas is 0.08 or the U.S. is 0.08. God might say it's 0.04. You're playing around with 0.08. God might say it's 0.04. I don't know. But the whole point of it is if you're seeking the Lord and you're really trying to obey the Lord, why would you even flirt with sin and temptation? A lot of people tell me, well, well, I believe. I believe. I still believe. That's great. That's great. James 2.19 said even the demons believe. So that's not good enough. It's not good enough just to say you believe. The Lord said, Jesus himself said in Luke 6.46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? So for somebody to say Lord, Lord, they're probably a Christian. They're probably going to church. They're probably praying. But why? Jesus said, why would you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? It makes you wonder sometimes, do you even really believe? All right, so I'll give you a little scenario. I love scenarios and examples. My family will tell you that too. So let's say, for example, I came in 20 minutes late today. Pastor would be upset. He would say, Brian, do you not appreciate the opportunity I've given you? You came in here 20 minutes late. I'm like, Pastor, I'm sorry. You know what happened was uh, I was excited. I was getting ready for the service tonight. I put a lot of cologne on. I put a little too much on. So I had to ride with the windows down. So as I'm riding with the windows down, we're going down 35, my notes fly out of the car. 
So I got to pull over on the highway, reach over to pick up my notes. As soon as I pick it up, I look, there's an 18-wheeler coming at me going 100 miles per hour, and it hits me. So that's why I was late. And he would, he would tell me, he was like, Brian, you're crazy. Do you expect me to believe that? How? how? And I was like, why? why? Why can't you believe that? And he would say, it's impossible to have an encounter with an 18-wheeler and not be changed. Well, church, how is it possible to have an encounter with Jesus Christ and seek him and believe him and not be changed? It's, it's impossible. So if, if you really think about it, what's, what's more powerful? You're telling me an 18-wheeler is more powerful than the creator of the universe? It's impossible. That's impossible. The Bible tells us in Matthew 7, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Notice the Bible, it didn't say most, it says few. And it's not because God wants us to go to hell, because it's God, the God we serve wants us to seek and obey him. And when we choose not to do that and live the life we want to live, that's where we end up. All right, now I'm going to get a little personal with you before I close. Let's say I was to take your cell phones, take your tablets, take your computers, be a spot on the wall, be in your living rooms, when you're with your friends, when you're at work. Will I see you watching or saying things that reflect Jesus, who we are called to seek and obey? Will I see you displaying a similar nature, form, or character? Only you can answer that. And church, the church world is going, we're at war right now. A lot of people don't see it. A lot of times we read the news, we see in the Middle East there's persecution going on. There's a lot of Nigerians in here I invited. We all know that there's persecution going on in Nigeria. But we, a lot of times we don't see what's going on, the warfare we're in here in the U.S. And it's not things that we always see that are bad. The U.S., we're filled with a lot of hobbies, a lot of things, a lot of TV, friends, school, sports. And the things I named, they're not necessarily bad. They're not bad at all. But if they begin to take place and are, are more important to you and you're not seeking the Lord, you're not obeying his word, and they're dragging you away from those things, then it's bad. What may be bad for me, what I may struggle with, you might not struggle with. But that's why we work out our salvation daily. You might be here tonight saying, well, I don't know how Jesus wants me to seek and obey. How do I do that? First, seek Jesus in prayer. Repent of your sins, submit and pray for guidance. Read your Bible. You may say, I do that. Well, that's great. We can all read it more, me included. We must read God's word to know what we're to obey. And also, if you're not plugged in a good church that preaches the word or disciples and fellowships, it's really important to the fellowship part because we all go through things. And the importance of church, not only are you in the presence of God, you hear God's word, but you're with like-minded people. If I wanted to be the best athlete in the world, I would surround myself with the best athletes in the world that have gone through the same struggle as me who want to push me to make it. Same thing in church. So like I said, you want to be plugged in. And if you aren't, here wouldn't be a bad place to go. All right, I'll leave you with one last story. So as a kid, my family can, they'll agree to this. When we're growing up, my dad always says, whenever it was time to clean, he always said, I want everything spotty clean, spotty clean. That was his phrase. I guess it meant super clean, but he always said it meant spotty clean. So as a kid, when I was supposed to clean my room, all the trash around my room, I throw it under my bed. All the clothes hanging around, throw it in the closet. So if somebody didn't know me and they walk in, they're like, man, that's a, that's a really clean room. But as they begin to look deeper, they could tell the room is just as dirty as it was before. If we're truly seeking and obeying Christ and we believe in Christ, we can't live just as dirty as we did before. So in closing, I would just like to say, church, it's not just how we act in church. We have to be transparent. 
no matter when we're with our friends or we're at work, we need to be seeking and obeying God's word. You may, there's people who come to the altars, confess, I believe, I believe, I believe. But then the next step is you have to obey. And if you don't know what to obey, you've got to read the word. Read the word. So church, if we want to enter through that narrow gate, three words are going to get us there. Seek and obey. God bless you. Amen. Good word. Good word. Amen. I like that, Brian. I'm going to use that spotty clean. Amen. Hallelujah. I got some good notes. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I like my favorite one. It's impossible to have an encounter with an AT wheeler and not be changed. Amen. Boy, I wonder what you would look like. Amen. It's impossible to have an encounter with Jesus Christ and not be changed. We seek and we obey and we let God do the changing for us. Amen. Amen. You know what? We're going to, th- this has been such an amazing buffet of the word of God. We're going to have Robert come on up. Amen. He's going to, he's going to lead us in the, in the last one for the night. Amen. Let's give God praise one more time as Robert comes up. Amen. Tell the guys, I don't even want to go after y'all no more. <laughs> you know, but, uh, I think God gave me a word too that somebody can get something out of it. Amen. If I can get my notes. Let's do a little prayer. Oh Lord, open our ears and open our hearts and change our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Uh, I would, t- I would uh, tonight put a title, The Secret of Our Lives. You know, I know the Lord... Uh, deal with me on my life with this and uh, I know it can deal with you too the Lord loves everybody but you know as I was young uh, pastor and his cousin here I was in a youth group and, and not a lot of that youth got hurt you know it's amazing I was just thinking about it that um a lot of that youth got lost after that happened in that church. And uh, it's amazing that Pastor was there afterwards. And, and it's, it's kind of like, I guess you can say it's weird, but it's all in God's line. Because now that I was lost from there and part Pastor was there afterwards to help that church and rebuild it. Uh, but I wasn't there and a lot of the youth wasn't there no more. But God put him in my life so I can come back and be redeemed, man. Yeah. But during that time, I was young, and, and I, I guess I can put myself, call myself, I was too dumb not paying attention to uh, the Lord because I was playing around. You know, if I would have been strong in the Lord, you know, I would have kept my faith in God and I would not fail. But sometimes... You know, you're young and you think you know it all. And, you know, instead of paying attention and getting straight with God, you know, we're playing with our cell phones, playing little games, talking in the back, not paying attention to pastor. Because we think that we're going to live and for a long time. And at this time, we don't need the Lord. And we don't need to get rooted with the Lord because we think nothing can move us. But there's a time like that happened that... uh. I was in focus on God, you know, straight 100%, and it made me drop. It made me stumble in life, and I went through a time that uh, I was young, and, and it hurt me so bad, you know, I was young, and I moved out of my mom's house, and I wanted to try that worldly thing, see what it's all about. You know, my mom was a, a servant of God, and she raised everybody in her house to praise God and go to church. But that hurt, that hurt me that I could say, you know what, you know, I put my eye on the men instead of God. So I said, I'm getting out of here because I can't live on the cover of my mom because it is not right because God was there and I was hurt. And at the time I wanted to go try it out. And I got into the lust and, and to parties and to idolizing instead of you know, praising God, I idolized my truck, and you know, we're in a car club, and back then in the 
early 2000, you know, the gold wheels were on and 20 inch looked like 36 inch and, you know, we're wiping them down every day and making them look good. I mean, I got a witness here. That was another dummy like me, Jesse over there, that we're idolizing our cars instead of God, you know, and, and uh, we got into parties and we got into trouble. We got into fights. And uh, me knowing that God was watching everything, you might say, well, are you sure about that? On Luke 12, 2, it says, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. You know, when I was in junior high, there's a couple of kids that I, uh, I knew, and one of them played football, the other two were just kids that went to school, and we used to hang on top of a building, it was a math building, and I guess it was uh, after New Year's because one of the kids had a, a stink bomb, you know, them real round ones that you fire up and it stings like round eggs. And there was four of us. They said, hey, man, let's open that door. It was right before school. We had to wait outside. Let's fire it up and throw it in the hallway. You know, but my mom taught me better. I said, man, you're dumb, man. Y'all going to get caught. And a couple of teachers that went into the building saw four of us. So, you know, me being a little smart back then than back in my later years when that happened, uh, I, I walked away, and, and I ain't do nothing. Well, them big dummies turned on and threw it in the hallway and stinged the whole building. Well, the teacher saw four of us, so four of us got called to the office. But at that time, I, I wasn't scared. I wasn't convicted of nothing because I ain't had nothing to do. So I was there. You know, they took us, vice principal, principal, and two counselors. I was in the counselor's office. So the kids pretty much confessed, like, no, Robert, they didn't do nothing. We told him, but he ain't wanted part of it. And, and they came and they said, uh, you ain't doing nothing? And I said, no, I ain't doing nothing, you know. So I ain't, I ain't afraid. I mean, what can you do to me? If I ain't doing nothing, I don't got no part of it. They're the big dummies that did it. So they got in trouble. But in our lives, you know, when I went downhill after that church incident, God had conviction on me because he sent the Holy Spirit because I knew better. You know, all my life I was raised in church. And I knew, and I knew better, you know, conviction comes and gets a hold of me until you're doing wrong. But, uh, and conviction to us is also as Christians, it is good for us because it keeps us out of trouble. It keeps us clean, you know. And, uh, but still, me, you know, when I was on my young, in my early 20s and up to almost my 30s, uh, I had that conviction, but I ran away from it. I ran away from it and did some crazy things that I, you know, it's kind of embarrassing to say, you know. But on, on Mark 4.22 says, for this, for there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything kept secret, but that, is, that it should come to light. You know, thank God my mom never find out, but there's my witness again. I can't lie because he, he was with me all the time. But there was a time that I, I, was, I was so crazy and out of it, out of that conviction of running away from it. I was just, we're after girls and girls and getting party, getting do all crazy things. I mean, for me, I didn't care if the person was married or not married. It, it, was, a, it was a wicked lie without the Lord. But in Numbers 32, 23, it says, but if you do not do so, but if you do not do so, then take note. You have sinned against the Lord. And be sure your sin will find you out. You know, we might say we can hide from God. Or this world, you know, on Facebook, I got high school friends and everything. And when somebody tells them something, hey, you know, you should be doing it. They always throw, only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. And I remember Pastor said last year, you don't want God to be judging you. You know, it is going to be too late. <clears throat> you know, it is going to be too late. It's going to be judgment day. And he's going to be judging you. And it is going to be, you're regretting saying those words. You know, Romans 2.16 says, In that day when God will judge 
the secrets of man by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Secrets. You know, secrets, the definition, one definition is, is something that is separated, kept private, hiding from all general view, or something not just dis yet discovered. You know, sometimes we got that little secret scene, nobody can see me. You know, I can do so many things that them, them, you know, them phones are so good nowadays, but you can text crazy stuff on it, crazy pictures, get into crazy websites. And not, not only that, you know, it's just the parent, my parents loved me, my mom loved me, you know, and even though I wasn't following God at that time, she keep on praying. But at the same time, you know, I was, I had respect enough so I wouldn't get busted by her and, and I was hiding, but you know, I was hiding from her, but who can we fool when God sees everything? You know, every little, every little thing is being recorded in heaven. We think we got a little secret. It ain't no secret on God's eyes. You know, Proverbs 15, 3 says, The eye of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch of the evil and the good. So it's not just keeping... When you're doing something bad, he's doing, we're just doing something good when we come and praise the Lord all together and give him glory, amen? amen. Romans 2, 6, they say, Who will render to each one according to his... He who will render to each one according to his deeds, that is good or bad, every kind of act we do. You know, those got great records. He got good cameras, good video. Everything we do, he's taking taking good camera, good pictures, you're doing something good, boom. Doing something bad, he's taking pictures of that. You know, we can, <clears throat> we can come here and nobody knows. You know, if, if uh, my little helper, where'd he go? There he is. If you can help me out with the, the lights in a minute, just give me a minute. We can get the lights real quick. You know, God's got really good cameras. And even in the darkest places, or in the places that nobody sees is doing good, God got a good camera and take a picture of you all the time. Doing good or bad. He's taking pictures, you know, for records. For records, you hear praising my name, okay. You're hiding over there looking at something you should be looking you're looking at that girl the way you shouldn't be looking at her. Amen. God is taking pictures. He knows you. So we can't hide nothing from God. You know, we clean in church. Nobody sees us. God sees it. I don't care if man sees it or not. You know, we're here to, to do service for God. You know. Sometimes you say, well, I don't got no secrets. I'm here at church and I come to church and praise God every service. That is good. But sometimes we're too prideful. You know, we hate somebody because they did something or they gave you a look or they didn't say hi to you that day. Or you're hiding it hard. You see, because God, you know, can see the outside, but he can see your heart, too. You know, so we're trying to fool somebody and, and you know, say we love God, but we don't love our brother. You know, 1 John 4.20 says, if someone says, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, he who has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? He knows everything. We cannot hide nothing from God. If you got something against your brother, you know, take that pride down. And go say, hey, forgive me. Because God sees everything. You know, that, that, might, that little thing might keep you away from heaven. You know, it's like Dwayne said, it's a guaranteed thing. If God covers you with his blood. Yes. But if God covers you with blood, you got to follow him for every commandment he says. Not just what we want. You know, it is a winning game under the blood of Jesus. You know, we cannot hide nothing. Like pastor say this morning, Adam and Eve were, were some, not some smart people trying to hide behind the trees from God. I mean, come on, you know. And, but we laugh, but we're just the same. We're the same, you know. We think we can hide from people, fool pastor, fool your wife, fool your mom, your parents. But 
We're the one that fooling ourselves because there's always three witnesses. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> so, in that, we cannot hide from God. We can hide no secret from God. But uh, there's going, there is going to be a day. You know, a lot of people, I got a co-worker that, I don't know what he is. He says that there's no God. I can't see no God. And I said, well, you're still breathing, right? And you can't see no air. But he says, well, you know, God haven't done nothing for me. You know, I'm working on him. I'm praying for him. But uh, it's, it's foolishness for them. But for us, it's salvation for eternity. Because we believe on something that God came and did for us. You know, in, in Judgment Day, like I was telling you earlier, nobody can judge me. Well, there's going to be one day that that Savior that came and died for us is going to judge us. And in that day... You know, only by his blood that he shed for us that covers our sin is going to be our ticket to get to heaven and stay in heaven. Because in that day, God's going to get up. He's going to get that film out. But Jesus is going to say, hey, I wash it with my blood. He's going to get that film and that light. And there ain't going to be nothing because Jesus washes with that light, you know. But whoever said that, they ain't believing in God. There is going to be a lot of pictures. There's going to be a lot of bad pictures. You know, God have mercy on them. So, Jesus came and died for us. You know, what is going to be your choice? Are you going to be a foolish man and say there's no God? Or God didn't do nothing for me? You know, we got to be smart and, and ask for forgiveness if we have sinned, and God will cover us with his blood. And it is going to be a winning victory for us when we get in heaven if we follow his commandment. In Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah 38, 17, it says, uh, For God going to cast all his sins behind his back. You know, he's just going to throw them on his back and he's never going to turn and look at your sins. But it's just going to be your choice. That's going to be your choice if you decided to ask God for forgiveness and ask for his blood to cover your sins. Amen. That's what I got, Pastor. Amen.